This episode of Rockcast is brought to you by rock sponsor Subsplash. Subsplash is a technology company that provides software solutions for churches and nonprofit organizations. Connect with Subsplash today at rockrms.com slash sponsors. Welcome back to this episode of Rockcast. I'm Emily Foreman and have with me today John Edmiston and Nick Erdo, and we are going to tell you all about what's happening here inside the world of Rock RMS. Nick, let's start with an update of where we are on the latest features we've been developing. Well, we've been hard at work working on version 15 of Rock. Um, can't tell you exactly when it's going to hit the streets, but there's a couple of cool new features in there that I think you'll, people are going to really enjoy using. So the two that are highlighted most in my mind are a reminders feature and the what we, we're calling the sign-up or sign-ups feature. Yeah, and so those are two really important features I think that we've been wanting to get to for quite a while, several years. Um, the first one is one that is hard to believe, you know, it's taken us this long to get there, but we the roadmap is really something that's uh, under the influence of the community. And so we were finally able to get to this one. And it's really solving an important need that we all as humans have the desire to build and, and create deeper connections, but we often have a lot of things on our plate and we forget to. So this feature allows you to create reminders for uh, people, groups, any entity, but those are probably the two that, I mean, most obvious that you want to use. Um, that allow you to put a quick note on somebody and just say, hey, I want to follow up at this time um, to do that. Now, some people would think, well, you could do that with connections. And sure, you could do that. But this is purpose-built. It has a lot of features um, that don't take any kind of like workflows or any kind of customization. It just works out of the box. Um, a reminder can be a one-time event or it can be scheduled. So you can have it um, remind you every so often. Um, you definitely want to read the manual because there's some terminology that you're going to want to understand, like the different states that a reminder is in. For the most part, it all makes sense. Like you would think a reminder would work, but until you get the terminology, it's easier to, to talk through that. Um, but we're really excited about that. And I think it has a lot of um, obviously uses for church staff, but we have to stop thinking just about ourselves. We have to keep thinking about like, how can I use this reminder to do other things? For example, you might have felt need content on your website. I, I hope you do. Like if you're, how do you get out of like depression or drug abuse, pornography addiction, all that content's out there. Now, when we look at that from uh, you know website perspective, it's often presented and rightfully so is like, hey, if you if you need any of these resources, they're here. But what if we change that terminology and say, hey, who do you know in your life that could 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 have find value from any of these resources, and then you could send that to them. At the same time, maybe that workflow that's sending it to them also creates or optionally creates a reminder for you to follow up in, in two weeks because, you know, who wouldn't want to be reminded to follow up in two weeks? Um, the reminder feature is like, you know, really amazing for that kind of, of uh, feature set. And you can create all kinds of reminder types. So you can kind of keep them all segregated. And um, I just think it's going to un unlock a whole new set of capabilities for people. But if we're not careful, it could turn into something like the, the, the following feature. Super powerful, super community and, and connection-driven feature. But 
it's not maybe the most used feature because it takes a little bit of vision casting and understanding uh, to get people to use it. Um, but once you do use it, I think it's going to really facilitate much deeper connections uh, within within churches. Yeah, and I, I think you, you said it. It might have been a gloss over for most people, but you can do that from a workflow. So there's a workflow action that can do that. So you can bake this into uh, workflows where it makes sense. Right, and then the person can get a digest to a digest of all the reminders that are, you know, active. Like, hey, it's it's now time. You won't see the ones that are 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 still coming, but you can see all the ones that you need to follow up on. And I think that's a great, you know, feature to to, to check all those boxes. Uh, I would recommend starting it immediately and start it slowly. Like you can overwhelm people if you start making all these reminders. Sometimes too many reminders, someone could just cry bankrupt and then be like that's <laughs> i can't i can't handle it um but start slowly but start and i think you have to you're gonna have to vision cast that for your staff um and then you're gonna have to vision cast it again that it's not just for staff it's very useful for um your whole congregation you know this reminds me of a, a story that i heard at the christ fellowship conference i was attending last week their connections pastor there was talking about how he'd used um, connections to extend a relationship with someone so past the time that that connection opportunity was uh, intended for but it did help him make sure he didn't drop a ball this sounds like it would be perfect for that he engaged with someone who'd come in online and that person said that he was originally from the area but lived out of state intended to come back, but didn't really have connections in the area, um, didn't know people. And so their pastor said, hey, let me know when you come back and I'll get a group of, of guys over here to help you move in. So you just come with the truck and we'll we'll get you all sorted out, moved in, connected, get to know people. And he kept following up with that guy over and over for months, for probably about half a year. And finally, he did actually move in, move back to the area and they got a group of guys, like it was a, a very small church, right, with, that was super connected. group of guys came over, unloaded the furniture, got them all settled in, and, and plugged them in immediately. And that's the kind of thing everyone intends and wants to do on the ministry side, but it can be hard to keep up on a grander scale. Yeah, and I think, you know, you might hear the you know ministry side, that's definitely important. But practice it in your daily life. Maybe you're not mm. a pastor, but there's people on staff you could follow up on. There's... I was talking about the uh, reminders features just yesterday with uh, Colin, who does the documentation, and I was, you know, just trying to, you know, share with him like all the ideas we had going into it. But it, it was reminding me that now that the features on our server pre-alpha, I can start using it. You know, I was just following up with someone this the other day, and we were talking about a family member and, th and their family who's not yet yeah, given their life to Christ, and I'm like, oh, I'll you know, I'll be praying for you and. And every time I say that, there's this like tinge inside mm. my heart that says, I fully mean that. I sure hope I remember to. Like I, I'm in a hallway conversation. I don't have something to write down. Um, but with this feature, I could just quickly, you know, put that staff person as the reminder. And then because I don't have, obviously mm -hmm. their family members not in rock. And I don't necessarily want to add that. But I could add the reminder to the family member, to the person who is in rock and then say, hey, follow up on this family member. And I, so I think we have to use it ourselves too. Um, I think the hardest thing, uh, it's like when, when Google came out, the hardest thing was like trying to figure out when and, and how to use Google. Mm. Now we, that's so long ago that most of us don't remember that, but we, I remember going around just telling people like my, my parents or whoever, like just Google it. And it's like, oh yeah, I could just Google that. And it's like all the things you could use reminders for, but 
again, that trying to integrate it into your life is sometimes the hardest part. I think you can see that too with like chat GBT. Like if you're not using it daily, you're forgetting that all the things you could use it for. Like I'm always surprised at all the creative things. Like I wonder if it can do this and it does. You're like, whoa, you know? So trying to get that new technology integrated into your life is sometimes the hardest part. Now the other feature was signups. So that's another one that I think is going to meet a lot of needs for churches. And that's the need for, Hey, I just have a quick temporary short terms, you know, serving opportunity, whether it's habitat for humanity and you're going to be building a bunch of houses or it's extra serving you need for Christmas or Easter. Um, this tool allows you to create, you know, you know, pretty complex scheduling system very easily. So you can create groups, you can create projects within the groups, you can have different capacities for all that. You can have people sign up for those capacities. You can have reminders set for, you know, what they signed up for. Um, even the sign up process is, you know, lots of options. Like you can sign up from a, uh, from a family perspective and click all the people in your family who are coming. You can sign up from a group perspective and all people who are in your, you know, maybe your small group, an anonymous perspective. I don't even know who you are, but you want to sign up. Um, and there's a finder, you know, to look for projects that need people. And it's pretty, it's pretty cool. I think it's going to solve a lot of needs. I'm sure there'll be, you know, needs that will keep adding onto it. Like uh, every feature in rock is <laughs> never, never done. Um, yeah. but out of the box, it really is, um, it, as an MVP, it's very, very large. So, um, it's been, been fun to get that done. And, and, uh, there's some, I think some data views you can do on that to, to help do some reporting mm -hmm. and lots of things. So we're really excited about that. And I think it's, it's going to be well used uh, by the rock community. Yeah. And in both of those projects were kind of like the monster projects for version 15. There's a bunch of other little things, but we'll uh, leave those in the release notes. Yeah. And that, and that's really coming right after 14 too, which was a major, <laughs> in a sense, a major release, even though it's a, a dot release, it had lots of features in it. So, and uh, there's already quite a few things already done past 15. I was just about to say that. I'm like, I'm, it's hard for me to remember what's in 15 because we're already looking at 16 and hints of 17. Yeah. And there's a lot of things already done for that yeah. that are either hidden or, or not committed yet into the repos. So, um, it's going to be a busy year. Yeah. It's just hard to keep everything on the right on the right track. But we do keep talking about wanting to have more frequent releases rather than larger yeah. multi-dot releases. So this is a great example of of that happening here. Yeah, striking the, that perfect balance, um, but not too many. We don't want to overwhelm people, but at the same time, we want to get these good features out. Right. Yeah, and uh, you know the roadmap is interrupted in a good way by other needs from churches, and that's, that's what our our whole community is about. That's what our mission is about is not our roadmap, but, but, but the community's roadmap. So there's some things we're working on like right now that weren't on our roadmap. It wasn't even close to our roadmap. <laughs> I mean, we were not even close, <laughs> but they're needed. And, um, and they, I think they're a value for everybody. Mm -hmm. And so would <clears throat> we have put it on this at this time? No, but again, it's not our roadmap. It's the community's roadmap. 
And um, sometimes when the funding comes to do those features, especially when it's checking boxes like of some obsidian work that we can do, there's some next generation technology that we probably would have waited in a year or two to do that specific, redo that specific block. But now someone wants some new features and they're willing to help fund the next generation. It's like, well, that that helps. So we're going to do that. Yep. Kill two birds with one stone. Yeah. We're hoping to do a lot of the easier blocks first, but <laughs> it seems like it's the big, huge, hard blocks that are maybe, you know, is needing some you know, new features in that doesn't make sense to keep investing in the old technology with the new features. So, right. um, again, it's not our roadmap. It's, it's God's roadmap. And, and we're, we're just trying to be responsive to that. And you're all part of that. So That's if right. you're looking for ways to get involved, um, because Rockstar Selection is earlier this it year. Is. That's right. We always have Rockstar Selection around the conference time frame. And this year, the conference is in July. Don't forget, right. it's not in late August. So we're about six weeks earlier. So we definitely will need help um, if you're wanting to be involved in the alpha team or the beta team or many other ways. Answering questions, doing phone calls. There's something for everybody. You don't have to be technical to be a rock star. In fact, we we want diversity within that rock star body. If it was all programmers first of all there'd be like three oh, of them that'd be terrible <laughs> and and it wouldn't be a rocks it wouldn't be the rock star group that it is like we want people of all capable types of capabilities the only thing that you have to have in common is effort that's right mm-hmm. and there are a number of i'll say non-technical people on the alpha team they have a helper that got the environment set up for them and then they're like spot on like they're some of the best people that find bugs um so, yeah, that that's one important way to me, mm-hmm. um, being kind of the chief QA um, person at the moment. But if you want to do other things, there's a um, get involved page or get connected on the Rock site. So lots of other ideas. Yep, that's on the community uh, page. And you can go there and see, I don't know, we have maybe eight or ten things listed. They take a variety of uh, diversity of skills, variety of time commitments. There's definitely something for everyone there. So if you've been thinking, one of these years, maybe I'll work toward being a rock star. This is the year, and there's still time. Yeah, don't think, do. Just go go to that page now. So on our last podcast, we introduced a couple of misconceptions about the rock community, or within the rock community, and a uh, let you know that we come back with number two for this recording. So that's one thing that we want to talk about today is the second misconception here inside the rock community and some insights we have on that. John, do you want to share? Sure. Yeah. Um, I think the second misconception is that what we do is just kind of an add on or just Mm -hmm. another small thing. And I think that comes from just the history of technologies. Eventually, typically things start small. And they take a while to get, you know, bigger. And I think if the longer you're in it, you still kind of see it as that small thing. And, you know, digital ministry is not one of those things. Um, this capability is, is everybody's used to it in the world. Everybody's expecting it in the world. And to only do church or think about church on a weekend is, is really not a good thing. We need to be engaging people and people want to be engaged and they want to be learning and growing and seeing truth. Um, you know, every day. And I think in this world, there's just so many things that you can't hold on to. There, you, if it's a rope, you, you don't, you can't put your weight on the rope because you don't know what is going to happen. But God's truth is something that's trustworthy and you can put, um, you know, your full weight into. And I think it's very freeing because it, 
the more you get into that truth, the more the, the rest of the world, as crazy as it seems, kind of makes sense. You don't like it, it's not good, but it kind of makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and the more, I think there's almost like this craving for, for truth and for perspective. And I think that perspective is in the church. And, you know, don't lock it up and only open it on the weekends. Um, I think there's so many things that we can be doing today that don't even take a lot of money. Um, I was watching a video uh, just recently um, about just using short uh, YouTube shorts and don't produ- overproduce them. In fact, don't produce them at all. Like just take out your cell phone, get your pastors to just have a good content piece and just say it. Um, and there's been a lot of the, this video I was watching, they showed you like the um, engagement rates of overproduced pieces versus mm. unproduced pieces. And the unproduced pieces um, had 7x the engagement as a produced piece. Um, so we got to get in there, but we also have to change the vision for our churches to make sure that they understand from a budgeting perspective, what does this mean? Mm-hmm. And I think in a lot of ways we're seeing it wrong, including those of us closest to it. We still see it as a small thing that, you know, it's okay not to have a lot of money. Um, you know, one of the things uh, that I think is that most rock systems are starved for resources. Mm. There, there's just a, uh, web vm and the database are just starved for resources and we're so conscientious about saving a few dollars that we still keep it locked up it's almost like we keep it in the closet and we throw a few grains of rice in there you know once a day and we expect it to like you know do its job and and it will but it's just at what expense i recently was talking to a friend and they were using our uh, a plugin that, that's out in the, in the shop that scales your database up and down really easy it's free uh it's a great little plugin um well they they were testing it and they had it turn up the database and they forgot to turn it down um and so for the next three or four days like wow the rock is really fast and then they realized (laughs) oh it's because i forgot to scale it down and you know i can't remember if they left it that way or not but it's like yes like that's that's the right answer is like don't starve your rock system it's doing so much ministry um, and I think when we set it up, those systems, what was it doing? What was the impact? Mm-hmm. Um, it was probably a lot less than it is today. Now, every version, we try to make it more efficient more and faster, but you're adding more capabilities to it. You're adding more people to it. Mm-hmm. It's powering websites, you know, your phones, your, app, your mobile applications, your TV apps. Like, don't forget, you're doing a lot more with it. Um, and you just need to give it some space. So... For example, on that, here's what I would say. Take a seven-day challenge. Increase both the size of your web VM and your database. I'd say significantly. It's only seven days. You're not going to spend that much money. Like if you spend $100 or $200, you guys spend more on floor floor wax than you do on that. (laughs) So like, just go for it. Now, don't tell anybody you did it. Just see what they say. Just see if anybody notices. And if they notice it, like, leave it. Oh, oh they'll notice when you turn it down. They'll right. be like, what happened? Why is it slow now? Just leave it. Now, there are some churches who are over-provisioned, and, and, uh, but that's pretty rare. And, and they know it. It's, to them, it's an insurance policy. They just like it to be fast, and I think that's, that's great thinking. So I'm not saying it to every church, but probably 98%. Mm-hmm. Just try the seven-day challenge. It's not going to cost you that much. No one's going to notice the budget change. Um, but just see if they notice the responsiveness. And that's such an important tool. Every church we talk to is like, right, we couldn't do church without rock anymore. 
It's like, well, give it some more resources, mm-hmm. let it do its thing. And then, you know, that's one way to, just to kind of, you know, start seeing it in a different way. But then you also have to start looking at, you know, how much of your church budget is being spent on digital ministry. Right. And then think about well, how, what should that number be? And now when we talk about this, at least in most of the churches I've worked with, I've not seen a church not do it this way, but we look at budgets a little bit differently. You know, we'll have budgets for like facility costs, mm-hmm. staffing, and then, you know, missions is usually there. And then sometimes we'll talk about like children and youth, but that we don't count the staff part of that. Like the staff is usually one huge wedge in the pie chart. And then the children and youth is really like events, programming, supplies, I think we need to look at it a little bit differently when we're trying to prioritize what's important to a church. We should look at the total cost of each ministry, and that should come down to facility costs, staffing costs, events and programming, and supplies, and just say, okay, fully, this is what we spend on children, this is what we spend on youth, this is what we spend on, on weekend services, this is what we spend on women's ministry, men's ministry, whatever your church has, singles ministry, and then try to figure out what is the right, right size wedge for digital ministry the digital ministry that can reach everybody every day Mm -hmm. that can magnify the voice of the pastor who can push out those messages. Now, obviously that doesn't, we're not saying that needs to be like 50%. That would be crazy. (laughs) But if we looked at what it is today, we'd probably be really surprised. Mm -hmm. In many cases, it'd be 1%, 2%, uh, maybe even less than 1%. Um, And I think we have to look at the staff too, you know, like it, it takes people. And then holistically, we need to figure out like, oh, what kind of roles do we need? And, um, you know, some of it, I would say we have to think of it as, um, a, as building a building. And it's not that you do everything yourself. Now, some churches do, like some churches literally have architects on staff and, and for what they need, that's great. Um, and, and they might need those digital architects on staff too. But now smaller churches, you're not going to have an architect on staff. That would be kind of silly. And it's okay to get help from partners mm-hmm. for that kind of architecture work. Yet at the same time, you wouldn't fully outsource all of your facilities, you know, to get to get all the other stuff. You have volunteers doing a lot of it. You have some maintenance people doing a lot of the, da- the, the daily care and feeding. Maybe you outsource, you know, cleaning. Some churches do, some churches don't. Like, that's cool. That's great. There's no right answer. But it's okay to need help with that. And we also have to see some of these projects as capital projects. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't see too many churches who treat a new website every four years as a capital project. But, like, why? Like, the, it is, like, a capital project. Um, and it probably should be in those same, you know, ranges um, if you want to do it right. Interestingly, I was talking with a church yesterday, and their um, marketing director was on the on the call, and he mentioned that they're wanting to go with a rock website. And he'd been co- telling his leadership at the executive level that building a website on rock is like uh, a building project, and mm-hmm. they should look at funding it appropriately that way because this is their ministry to people that may never set foot on campus or have not encountered the church there yet, as well as some of their people who are not able to make it in and that it's open seven days a week. So it was very interesting to hear that he had already kind of pre-discussed that with his church leadership and said, come into this expecting that we're building a a facility, a brand new building um, to house our ministry in the digital spaces. But you're right, John, I, I really don't hear most people approaching it that way. It was a really incredible thing to hear um, that they they had decided to do that, and that's what they're they're interested in. Yeah, and I think if we look at all the other things that people do use, 
in, or we do have to buy in the church, that we have no problems because we, we're used to it, right? Mm-hmm. That's a price. Oh, yeah, of course we have to have, you know, the, the an expensive guitar. Like, I don't think anybody would disagree with that. But why, why is that, you know, normalized and some of these other projects aren't? And the impact of that is totally different. And I'm not saying, again, one ministry is better than the other, but I do think that digital ministry is being held back. And I think if we let it, you know, thrive a little bit more, it's going to pay huge dividends. And, um, and, and the pe- people are expecting that. People are using content every day. And mm-hmm. if we don't have our content out there that gives the truth, then, you know, we're kind of stifling it. Do you think our budgets are set up to be reflective of when the types of tools we have today weren't available? Uh, absolutely, yeah. Or, or, or when they're fledgling. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times the, 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 the guilty party of why that is, is the people closest to that budget. I caught myself the other day, I was thinking, you know, we we're talking as the team and we we're talking about, you know, some digital ministry project. And someone said, well, that's a lot of money. And I was like, in my head, I went, yeah, that is a lot of money. And then my something tripped in my head. I'm like, that is not a lot of money. Like, that used to be a lot of money. Mm-hmm. And it really wasn't a lot of money. I and mean, we we're talking about hundreds of dollars. Like, literally, it's like, that's not a lot of money. Like, the return on, on ministry on that is, like, off the chart. And again, we spend more on floor paste mm-hmm. or, or floor wax than we do on, on, on some of these server provisionings. And it's like, why? Like... But my own mindset was stuck in the old patterns of like, oh, yeah, yeah, we have to save every single dollar. It's like, no, that dollar, if we invest it, more people will use Rock. They'll get a better response. They'll want more, you know, things in Rock. Like, you couldn't spend your dollar better. Mm-hmm. Or even if we think about a website. Now, so a little thought project I did is like if someone came to me and said, well, we need a, we want to do a million-dollar website. Like today, I'd be like, oh, wait, whoa, 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 whoa. Like, you're, you're <laughs> way, hold on. <laughs> That's way too much. You don't need to do that. And while that is probably still too much, if someone wants to invest that, like if they're going to invest in, in, a, in a $20 million building, like we wouldn't blink an eye. Now right. the building's going to last a lot longer. So a website typically is going to last four years. So yeah. you're not going to be doing like $20 million websites. But And it's not brochureware. Where right. If it's features that are going to connect people and help people connect to others, you know, that's that's great. Um, and I don't know if we've seen a good example of that mm-hmm. yet. There's there's some good church websites for absolutely, but I don't think I think if we look at holistically, the external world is so uh, important. Is one of the most important things is SEO for church. I'm not sure that's super important. Now, don't not do it. But if if Target had the raving lunatic fans that we do in the church. <laughs> I think they would be doing things very differently. There's no force more powerful than someone who was just baptized within the last year. Mm-hmm. You can't tell them to be quiet about their faith. If you harness that and tap into that, I think Target would be like, yeah, we're still doing SEO, but we got these rabid fans. I'm not sure where they came from, but they're like, you know, getting baptized and believe in all this stuff. Like, let's invest in them yeah. and get them pushing out the content. Um, and I don't know if we're tapping that into that very well. And a lot of it is this, is this on the site, we have to be more adamant about saying, hey, this content may not be for you. Because as humans, we're so selfish. I mean, we're, we all are. Like when I'm looking at content, like what do I want to look at? Not what, what who can I share this thing to? They have no interest. If I go on YouTube, I'm not learning. 
oh, this YouTube video, like who, who am I in my circle? Could I afford this YouTube video on? It's like, no, do I want to watch this or not? But we, we have to change that on the church website because, you know, maybe I'm not depressed right now, but I mm-hmm. bet, I bet if I put my mind to it, I could think of two, three, four people who I might want to send this to and then follow up on them. Mm-hmm. And some of those sites are going to be expensive. And I think the great thing about the rock community and churches in general, the first person who does it, okay, yeah, maybe that's $100,000. Cause we got to write the feature. We got to get the pattern. Yeah. We got to document it. We got to get the vision casted. Well, the next person who does it is probably $50,000. And then three or four more down, everybody's doing it for free, mm-hmm. right? Cause it's just, it's in rock. You just like push the button and you're good. And so that level of investment, like, yeah, the, the first mover has to, you know, spend more, but the good news is the efficiencies of, of repeatability make, bring that cost down to near zero over time. And we know that's true because we've seen that play out in so many different feature sets and approaches. Yeah. And every time we do a new feature, like reminders, you know, for me, it's like, I'm all excited about it, but I'm also tampering like, okay, just don't forget, you have to get the vision out. You Mm got to get someone to go do it first. You got to get someone else to see that, share it at the conference. And then, you know, in two or three years, everybody can go like, they can't imagine a day when they didn't have reminders. Rock Mobile is much the same. Like in in the beginning, we we needed someone to go first, right? Yes. And, you know, when, when the first person went, were they nervous? Absolutely. And they should have been, right? Like anybody should be nervous when you're the first person using a new technology. Um, but when that first person went, then the other people saw it. The next person's a little bit less, you know, afraid. And then by the fourth person, it's like, okay, yeah, we got this. And now it's, you know, another rock mobile app. Cool. Like that's normal. So it's just the, like the life cycle of technology and features and, and, um, but we often, as technologists, are a little bit behind in some ways. Yeah, we might be thinking about like AI and ChatGPT, but at the same time, we're like, oh, we can't pay more for this. And, and I think that that lack of vision in some areas hinders the adoption mm-hmm. of, of, of newer technologies. Mm-hmm. Well, that is a great summary of some of the ways that we are uh, having a misconception about rock and our roles um, as being just add-on. So we have to definitely step back and re-envision what it is that we're doing and don't let uh, it just be a migratory process of what was to get us to where we are because that'll hold us back from exponential growth. Yeah. So those are some great um, insights into some of those areas and I know it's probably a pretty broad one. Yeah, and seven-day challenge, do it. Seven-day like, challenge. You got to do seven days because you have to have at least one Sunday. Like, yes. see what your check-in does on the weekend. See if anybody notices. But you can't tell anybody. Like, just let it be a little surprise for them. And if no one notices, well, I, I guess go back. Unless you noticed it and it was, like, a lot better, too. But I think you're. I think in most cases, people are going to be like, wow, what happened to the Rock server? It's mm-hmm. so much faster now. And I know our, our internal Rock server is pretty fast, but we have it really resourced well, and we don't have as much traffic um, as some. Um, so we have two internal rock servers that we use that are production for us, but, and one of them flies cause it doesn't have a, a lot of traffic, but we keep it pretty, pretty, um, resourced, um, just because it's not that much money and we want it to be fast. Mm-hmm. And, and those are not to be confused with the two external demo servers that aren't really super powered. Yeah. Those are, that those cost a lot of money and they, they only have a couple people and it's not production. Yeah. 
and people are often doing silly things on them, which is what they're supposed to be for. But yeah. All right, before we wrap up, let's do a quick update on some of the events that we have going on just to keep everybody in the loop. Um, as you remember, we rolled out two new rock classes at the beginning of this year, and we just finished up our first finance class with about 16 people that went really well. And next week, if you're listening to this podcast, when it comes out first is going to be our first check-in class. So very excited about those two specific classes because a lot of times the staff that are involved in those two areas need something specific to that without diving into everything available in Rock. So excited about those classes. Definitely check them out. We continue to offer SQL, uh, Rock 100 series, and Masterclass in a lot of different formats throughout the year. But if you have some goals about uh, moving forward in your Rock knowledge, there are lots of opportunities for that this year, including the Rock Conference. And we continue to say if you're doing Rock without the community or without the conference, you're not really doing it right uh, because the real secret sauce here is the engagement connection opportunities with the community and the empowerment of sharing ideas and moving forward at a lightning speed compared to doing it in your own lane by yourself. So RX 2023 is coming up early this year. Nick, we hinted at that earlier, but it's July 25th and 26th. And that is not just intended for one rock person from your church. It is definitely intended for a variety of people in a variety of roles. Also, again, back by popular demand, we are doing a free pre-day. So we'll have some great community content there, some great opportunities to connect with each other. And again, it's free. Don't miss it. It's all day. So come in on Sunday. So you'll have the opportunity to take advantage of that time as well as the pre-day event, which is just a lot of fun. So take a look at that. Sign up soon. The hotel that's attached to our conference is one that sells out. So you don't want to miss out on those uh, opportunities to stay right where the conference happens. So this is the time to get started on that. Maybe it's early for you this year, but again, so is the event. So jump right in there and make sure you have everything set up and ready to go. All right. Thank you so much for joining us for this episode of Rockcast and the opportunity to share some of our insights and the things that we're hearing as we work with multiple churches throughout the community and push forward inside the product for new innovative features that can help your ministry. Thanks for joining us, and we'll talk with you next time. This episode of Rockcast is brought to you by Rock sponsor IT OneSource. Any IT products and services solutions can be acquired through IT OneSource. Connect with them today at rockrms.com slash sponsors.